Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Speaking Freely. Um, there's Private, you've got Pirate Tomsky here, um, and uh, Private Alate. Um, this is our fourth podcast, I think, so far, where we are basically a couple of people from Yorkshire who just try and talk about um, topics that we're interested in. Um, we take turns uh, deciding which topics we talk about, and this week it is Private Alate's turn to pick the topic so i'll throw it over to you and um yeah let's uh, let's have a chat about it that's me um so yeah uh, i picked the topic tonight which is online data and big company usage um it's something that i i wanted to speak about because i think or i feel this may be one of those where me and you land in slightly different areas as far as our our feelings towards it go I've I've worked the last few years uh, extensively with with online data that that is provided by Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and I do feel at the moment in culture in society people villainize this data. Um, there's a real scare culture around it, a fear of what these companies are doing what they can see and what they can use your data for and for me it it kind of led on nicely from the whole cancel culture i think it's something that people don't understand and therefore just fear it make it evil and certainly the mainstream media villainize it for everything and one of the things that really annoyed me recently that's what it's not recent now is the documentary on netflix the social dilemma i i watched that and just it surprised me for many reasons it surprised me one that anybody anybody thought of anything different i i was told about it by people who aren't maybe as technically savvy and they said how scared they were and terrified and eye-opening it was for to see what Facebook in particular, but also Google, do with your data and how they effectively sell your data on. And from my perspective, even before I, I sort of worked with with the data that that's used, that's exactly what I thought they were doing. It, it's it's very much like, well, yes, that is exactly how how it works, but how did anyone think it was any different? So none of it surprised or shocked me, but it surprised me just how much fear that seemed to instill in people when if you if you look at the big picture of it, it it's not that scary and it's not an online data thing either. It it's data that's been used by companies for for decades before the internet. It's just more obvious now and yeah, I just thought it was worth talking about because I think it's it's something that increasingly society now has been vilified, but I, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as people expect. And I think there's a lot of good comes from it. And I think the the culture now of hiding everything and stopping anyone from seeing anything about you, it's actually going to be harmful long-term rather than beneficial to anyone. And... I just see your your take on that. So I'll start with um, 
yeah, a couple of thoughts popped to mind. So first of all, I have seen that documentary, um, The Social Dilemma. I think it's yeah. very hyperbolic, if I'm being honest. Um, there are two sides to every story. Um, the fact that they make it out like there is a private AI avatar of you tracking you and trying to pull you into um, pu pulling down on social media feeds and all that kind of stuff is very hyperbolic. Um, yeah. Uh, ultimately, I think that there are some bad practices in in some of the some of the addictive behaviors of social media, but that's not really a big data thing. Um, that's more of a um, game in a system to have more users on the platform. Um, and there is, I, I have watched um, other uh, videos around uh, that criticize the social dilemma. So uh, one thing I just want to mention, and I know you probably won't have seen this, but I'll just throw it out there for people who are listening to listening to this. There is, um, and I'll put this in the show notes afterwards, but there is a YouTube channel called The Foundation for Economic Education, and they have a two-part uh, two-part YouTube video called The Social Dilemma is Dangerously Wrong. And I've seen that, and it's well worth watching to find a counterbalance to that documentary on Netflix, because they do talk a little bit about probably what you're going to go into tonight. Um, so it is an interesting watch, uh, uh, and I, yeah, like I say, I'll put the I'll put the information in the show notes. So you you yeah. mentioned, so you mentioned there that you think that the misunderstanding around this is, and and cutting yourself off from some of this data being gathered is potentially dangerous. Could you just explore that a little bit more from from your perspective? So, um, yeah, dangerous is probably too severe a word, but my fear with it is from a from a technical technological advancement point of view it's dangerous as in i've seen and i've been to many conferences i've worked with a lot of people who are using that same data for incredible advancements in in technology in both entertainment um as well as i've, I've worked with people from nhs i've worked with people from all different walks of life and this data is invaluable to them to help them serve and help you as a consumer um, of many different i say different websites and different applications and so forth and i feel that people being encouraged to close ranks i mean every other i mean i don't know if this is this will play into it I'll, I'll go a bit more into this after every other advert i see now online or on telly is for a vpn it's just someone to block your data and keep yourself private. And while I agree everyone's got the right to privacy, I think if everybody does jump on board the the privacy banner, the blocking of all cookies, absolute information black hole, then it becomes incredibly hard for anybody to to advance where we are as a society, especially as a a digital society because if you can't see what your consumers what your um patients are wanting what they're trying to do on your systems and in your um applications then how are you able to base decisions on what to do you become you you default back to the dark ages where you've just got to guess you've got to hope for the best and in doing so 
everything slows down. We live in an age now where everything is moving so fast and we've got advancements coming out every day. And it's there are definitely bad practices, as you um, said, and we'll definitely cover that. But I, I feel the bad practices are the, the minority. And for the most part, it's, it's used for the good. And I know when, when I look now, the, the quality of data that comes through online is getting worse. It's, you're, you're getting small and smaller pools of, of people you can actually gather data from. And therefore, any, any suggestions, any insights you gain have, have got to be sort of weighted against the fact that you're, you're missing out on a large part of your customer base. A large proportion of people who are coming to your website, who are using your applications and your systems, they're, they're hiding what they're doing, they're hiding who they are, and therefore you're not going to account to them and for them. Um, and for the, the, the side of society becoming more, more woke, there's a big push now that you have to accommodate everyone. And it's hard to do that if you don't know who everyone is because they're they're hiding behind this screen of VPNs and um, cookie blockers. It's it's a, it's a really frustrating thing when you're, like myself, trying to use this data to advance things, to help people, to genuinely help people. And you you hit a bit of a, a black hole of, well, we know we had an extra 10,000 visitors there, but we, we can't see them. We can't understand their intent. We, we've no idea where they've come from, where they were trying to get to, or what they actually did. We just know that they tried at some point to to enter our site. So I'm gonna, I've decided just based on what you said there, <laughs> and um, I, I'm gonna play the devil's advocate opposite role in this way, because um, I'm gonna play the um, privacy nut job uh, internet user in this conversation Excellent. and and challenge some of the some of the things that you say as we go through the conversation because there's a couple of things that you mentioned there that made um that instantly a few thoughts ran through my mind so the first one was when you when you talk about things like um the data is helping uh helping people themselves or helping yes. improve services i understand that side of the argument but at the same time, really, what what companies are helping when they use this data is themselves to improve their services, to sell better products. And if we take the NHS out of it for a moment, because I realize that's a government um, for people who don't know who's listening around the world. The NHS is the um, the, the public um, medical uh, institution that we have in the United Kingdom, which is funded by taxpayer money. Uh, so I kind of get that side of the argument where if it's public services and they're trying to improve the services for the betterment of the people using them when it's paid for by the public, I fully understand that side of the argument. But ultimately, when companies are using this data and they're mining the data, um, they, they're trying to improve their services to sell more products. Is, is that a fair statement? Depending on the company, yes. Okay. So I've worked on projects that have introduced these big data um you know targeted marketing understand know your customer type tools um so i i do see both sides of the both sides of it on this but i'm going to play the i'm paranoid and yep. you need to win me over <laughs> type thing um 
So yeah, so the other, the other thing I just wanted to mention as well with VPNs, I mean, VPNs are used for a lot of reasons. Um, one of them is to bypass country censorship. So one yeah. thing that was, um, I'll give you one example for some of the people in the US who will know, might, might have heard this one before. Um, there was a story during the Democratic primary there was a candidate called Tulsi Gabbard um, who was running to be the nomination for the presidency that Joe Biden just won. And within the United States, big tech used big data to block access to certain stories about Tulsi Gabbard and to promote some, I would call them conspiracy theories, that she had links to the Assad Um and certain journalists in the United States used VPNs to actually connect to things like Google from outside US servers. And the news results were completely different than what they were from within the country itself. So yeah. I think there are VPNs are, are one tool in, in many that are used by people to you know, for multiple reasons. And one of it, it's not, it's not just to block people from downloading data because a VPN wouldn't stop cookies from being put on your machine, for example. It would just no. hide your traffic out to the internet. So you would still, if you have cookies enabled, you would still get them on the machine going forward. Yes. It, it would just disguise the data going out to, to Google and any other data collection. Fine. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted uh, to call that out. Um yeah, no, yeah, I, I yeah. think I think you're absolutely right. And um, I, I use the VPN adverts as, a, as an example because all the ones I see talk about hiding your data and keeping your data safe. Um, but yes, I, I do appreciate. I mean, I, I I use them myself on a daily basis, a VPN. Um, and yes, there are absolutely, you know, they're a highly valuable tool, no question about it. But I do feel that people are encouraged to buy them. As I say, the adverts I see are there. They're advertised to people to hide their data, to keep themselves safe online. And my question is, what, what are they keeping you safe from? Realistically, a VPN isn't going to keep you safe from someone trying to hack your machine. Um, all it's going to do is keep your data private, which is a very different thing. Unless you're using a, yeah, there, there are VPNs that can keep you secure, but that's not what they're advertising. That's not the ones I'm seeing advertised on a daily basis to average people, encouraging them to buy. Yeah, so uh, just for the non-technical people, for the type of VPN I'm talking about is the one where, so when you browse the internet from your PC, your machine is making an outbound connection to the website that you're going to, basically. So you might do a you might do a DNS lookup to get the address, and then you would go to the through your internet provider. You would go to the website that was hosting the content you wanted to get to, and it would be an almost direct connection. Your your outbound IP address that the ISP has given to you would register with that website. So with the VPN, yeah. what that does is it allows you to essentially you you connect to another server. And then you browse from that server and you actually, the companies you browse to see the IP address of the server of the VPN solution rather than your machines or rather than your public IP. 
So those are the kind of VPNs I'm talking about. I've not really got too much into the advanced VPN protection stuff. No, but that's what I but, mean when I mention VPN. That's fine. And I think, you know, we, we could get sidetracked a whole different discussion on VPNs, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> the, the, the big thing for me is, so I, um, I can give an example of a, a company I, I helped personally, uh, it was pre just pre-lockdown, so it must have been 2019, because that's how I judge everything now, pre or post-lockdown. Um, I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> and they, they are, they're opticians. They've um, got a website. They sell some products on there, so it is absolutely a product-based discussion. And they were disappointed with a certain section of their products that they weren't selling, um, and they were... Um, the glasses, you, I can't think of the proper name for the glasses you wear if you're colorblind and they will assist with um, you actually seeing colors. And they thought these were a great idea, a great addition to their site. They got them in stock and basically they, they weren't being sold. They sold a few, but not hardly any through the website. They thought it was going to be a real, a real boost. Um, again, Partly a product, partly to make money, but partly to help their existing customers. So I, I I looked at the data from them and I could see that people were browsing to the site, the page, people were clicking on the product, and they've got a decent site, they have accessibility settings built in. Um and people were clicking on that to say they were actually visually impaired. Um didn't say whether they were colorblind or not because you cannot track that but he said they were visually impaired but yet there were very few sales being made um but being able to see the data and be able to track the fact that so from their point of view no one cared no one wanted these glasses they were just gonna sack that off as a of a service that they provided um but looking at the data and seeing people were have the intent they were looking um meant that there was potentially an issue. We were able to troubleshoot it and find that the, the accessibility settings weren't working on that page. And depending on the severity of your color blindness, that would have just appeared like a gray page to you. Right, okay. Um, so we were able to identify that the issue actually was that people wanted these, wanted the glasses. They were actually struggling with color blindness, but due to a glitch on the site, they were unable to purchase. And they'd have had no idea that was the case if it wasn't for the data coming through. Without the without that data, they would have just looked and said, well, no one in my, no, none of our customers, no one in our service area is obviously having this problem, requires these glasses, will settle them off as a service. They've been able to fix that page and they actually just made the page accessible. So it didn't need the uh, the option to turn on its accessibility settings. And, that actually sold quite a lot of products and be able to help a lot of people. And yes, while it's still a, an e-commerce transaction, they're still trying to sell products. It is products that help people. And not every website is trying to sell you something you don't want and trying to manipulate you. Um, you know, adverts have always will always appear on the internet. My question is, would you rather see an advert that is completely relevant to you? you've no interest in or would you rather see one that actually you might be interested in it might be a, a product or service that you're going to use I'd, I'd rather see something i want than 
be actually blindsided by nonsense all the time. And another example of that actually is I, I was on a course a few years ago with a guy who works for Sky, and um, he's actually in charge of their homepage and the personalization on there. So the way they use data for personalization is when you come in, they get a snapshot of the sort of person you are, the general location you live in, um, any particular interest you might have, and then their site uses that to present data that you're most, uh, data, to present information that you're most likely to be interested in. So say you went to their website and you were an avid football fan, their homepage would feature football. The Any news stories would be sport-related news, uh, football-related sport news, and any programs they're advertising would be football-related because that's more likely to be something you're interested in rather than anything else. So that's his role. That's what he does. And it, he said, you know, they're, they're working quite effectively. And he gave the example that the um, manager of their video on-demand content had pulled him aside one day and asked him why they weren't featuring their any of their films, any of their video on demand stuff on the website. And he explained what well, we do. We show movies and we show the TV shows that you're most likely to be interested in as a person. And he said, well, I don't see that. Every time I come on, all I see is golf. I don't care about golf. I have no interest in golf at all. That's all I see. And he went, oh, that's strange. And then through conversation, he found out he had a cookie blocker on. He said, oh, well, that's why. Yeah. If you can't see who you are, then all we'll ever show anyone who's got a cookie blocker is just whatever we are featuring that week. So we're currently featuring golf. So, yeah, that's what you see. And he said, well, I don't want to see golf. I want to see films. So, well, yeah, turn your cookie so, blocker off. Okay. So there's, there's a couple of things. There's quite a bit in those two examples that you've mentioned. Yeah. So going back to the first example, and now that we'll come back to the Sky one. Um, and if I forget to, then try and remind me. But so the first example, when you had a web page that wasn't functioning properly or the accessibility options weren't working properly, as yeah. somebody who was doing analysis on that page, so you could see people were going to the site, people were clicking on the product that you were that the, the company was was trying to sell or, or that yeah. they thought they would sell. And then people were navigating away. Why did yeah. you need to know who I am to analyze the problem on that page? Couldn't you have just looked at the data anonymized and said, well, hang on, we're getting, getting 10,000 hits on this page, but no one's buying something. That's a statistical improbability. So there's obviously something on this page. Why did you need to know it was, it was Pirate Tomsky going to that page to figure so, out what the problem was? I don't. And if anyone uses Google Analytics, at all the data on there is anonymized i have no idea who that person is it's gdpr okay. blocks gdpr blocks any personal information the information you can see is a rough age like an age bracket of the person which is um they use they build from either an estimate or if you actually have a google account and you allow them to share that they'll share your actual age um a location that's done from your um so like server host, wherever you are actually coming from your IP address. So as you say, if you've got a VPN, it'll tell them you're in Kansas. But if you don't have a VPN, it'll tell you actually Yorkshire. Um, it'll give an idea of the device you're on, 
what screen resolution you're on, but nothing that I could use to figure out it was Pirate Tom's game. Um, it would just give me, it gives you a general idea. It is anonymized because there's absolutely no value in saying Pirate Tomsky did this because what am I going to do with that? Um, what's anyone going to do with that? What it does give you is a, a rough idea of this person. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, that, that's worth calling out when people are when, to try and curb some of the myths around the data that's being collected. Um, so it, it, doesn't, it doesn't identify that you as an individual went to this page and you did this action, um, yeah, like you say, mostly because of GDPR doing stuff. So I think that's worth calling out as an example where, um, you know, it's maybe not as as direct. Maybe it's not as targeted as people think it is. Um, no, definitely. Um, in fact, Google are quite aggressive with that. If if you if you are found by them to be collecting data, they will find you themselves and report you. Um, well, only because the you tell them to probably. Potentially, <laughs> I, I, yeah. But I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they didn't give two dams about it six years ago before GDPR, whenever it came in, you know, but... Um, I'm, no, I'm sure they didn't, but it, it's yeah. incredibly hard. Um, so even in countries that you, the GDPR isn't um, relevant. So, uh, sorry, I'll let you carry on and I will get back to the GDPR. So, so yeah, so the, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, so one very quick thing, and then I'll go into the Sky example. So one thing I want to just, just say that it's not like I'm an anti-capitalist person at all. I'm not, I'm an, I'm an open market guy. I think, capitalism is better than any other solution that we have at the moment um all the other ones have failed capitalism is the only thing that drags people out of poverty over time um yeah. whereas other other systems don't do that um so i'm certainly not against people selling products um but one thing so going back to the sky example so i just wanted to get make that as a statement and i'll come back to that later yeah. on sure. but another thing around the um around the sky thing the sky example so i know somebody who used to work at sky as well um and they were talking i had a conversation with this this person and they were talking about trying to introduce that type of model that you talked about actually on your sky tv for the adverts that they serve up so if you are somebody who is young single in your 20s to 30s they'll advertise cars to you rather than nappies for example you know, yeah. because the likelihood is you'd be more interested in cars and you will be nappy, especially if you're male. Um, so I, I I don't know where they got with that uh, because I haven't used Sky for about 10 years, but I know that they were looking at that a long time ago, but that was actually coming down through your Sky box, actually through your satellite dish. Yeah, so they, they've obviously adopted... That, that, that is the thing. Uh, most digital um, television services do that now. Uh, so it's been around in the States for a long time. Uh, I know Sky do it. I think Virgin Media do it, and BT also do it. Yeah. So the difference there for me is that when you mention the example of showing content to you that is relevant for you based on things that you've done in the past, I don't see that as I see that as people tracking your profile data, but you have voluntarily signed up and then signed into that site. So they know who you are specifically because you're a subscriber. And so what they're trying to, it's similar Netflix does the same thing. You know, when you open yeah. Netflix, they'll say, you've watched these 50 TV shows. So we think you'll like these 10 based on your profile. That's not the same to me as just browsing to sky.com and then getting given a lot of targeting, targeted data. I think that's a different no. thing. They are very different things. Definitely. 
So I don't know how yeah. Sky would track that without, even if you were, you know, if they were using Google Analytics and it was anonymized data, I don't know how they would do that. So I, I would say that's a slightly different example, but I take your point. They're trying to, Sky are not trying to sell things directly that way. They're trying to improve the service and the experience of an yeah. existing customer. Yeah, um, absolutely. They're trying to ensure that when you come to their site, their site is as useful as possible. And yes, it, it's it's to enable you to stay on there and potentially send, sell you a service in the long run. But also, it is just to make sure it, to me, the way I use it was to make sure that people who come to whatever site I'm looking after and whatever site I'm doing analytics on is going to give you the best service they can. If that sells a product, great. But the main thing is it's it's useful. Yeah. It's natural. It's a site you've come to and got what you wanted and then leave rather than a site you come to and you've got to search around and try and find what you want because then, you know, the internet becomes a, a slow and frustrating place because yeah, you've yeah. got to really search for what you want. But yes, it's absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's, it's all about that signing point. Once you've signed in, then yes, you, you've accepted and given them a certain amount of data and they will give you a completely personalized service. But still, you can use Google Analytics, Google Analytics uh, store the cookies on your machine. Then the next site you go to, those cookies are visible, and it will say, "Yeah, this person has has just been searching for cars, as you just said. He's just been on Auto Trader, um, or he's been on eBay Motors. He's interested in cars, so you might get a lot of F1, Formula One type stuff on Sky because they have seen that. Oh, he's we presume it's a he, he is his car interested as a car fan. Let's provide him with that service. Um, it doesn't give them your name or your address, your your age or anything. It's just a, a general, this person is interested in these subjects because of this amount of browsing history I can see. Okay. So I, 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 I accept the premise that if you are an existing customer, there is going to be a profile around you on a site like sky or netflix or whatever the difference yeah. i see with that so let's say and this is i think the other thing is um i think the thing that freaks people out and it it, it freaked me out a little bit when i first started learning about this stuff is when you're at work and you're having a conversation with somebody uh, about about something and then it pops up on your amazon suggested yeah that kind of stuff freaks people out because you haven't actually been searching, you know, even I would go to work and I would, I would search for something at work and I'd come home and I'd see adverts for that same product. And I would be searching for something very specific, not like just general kind of, Oh, um, you know, I want a new, I don't know, a new sofa or something. I might've gone and searched for a particular product as an anonymous user and somehow this data that's been collected has somehow still managed to build a profile that relates to me. And that's the kind of thing that freaks people out. And I think that's where this data conversation really comes into effect. So I don't have an issue with a company that I already have a relationship with using that data to help improve my experience. I do have an issue with a company I don't have a relationship with who I may never use using that data that I've not really kind of agreed to them using because they just hooked up to his Google Analytics. And they're now using those profiles to push, even if it's anonymized, they're using that information to push products that I, I may never have a relationship with that company. 
and they're using that data to try and push products towards so, me and to target me. So the the people using that data are Google. The so you know use the sofa for example. The the sofa company still have no idea you exist. Even anonymized, they don't know you exist. They upload an advert to Google and ask them to show anyone who's interested in sofas this advert. So yeah, that, that okay. company, unless you go on their website, they're not using that data. At the point you enter their website, then that data becomes visible to them. But okay. if you're so if you're browsing on on Sky News, we'll we'll stick with Sky because we've already spoke about <clears throat> Sky News and a banner ad pops up for a sofa and you think, well that's creepy. I was talking about sofas at work today. That sofa company that's advertising to you still isn't using that data. They they are asking Google to show that advert to anyone Google feels may be interested in a sofa. Yeah, they're using and, an ad service basically, and they just and Sky are just exactly. Sky are just embedding that on their page. Absolutely. And then, so, so that in that case, so then I've got a problem with Google doing that. <laughs> okay, that, that and that that is that's the whole business model of Google. That's where the majority of their money comes from. They they are a company that sell adverts to other companies. Yes, there's a search yeah, yeah. engine there. Yes, there's other stuff, but that's that's where their their money comes from. Um, is by looking at everything you do from the moment you enter the internet to the moment you log off and the next time you come on tailoring everything you see based on that experience because they feel this guy is interested in a sofa um, yeah yeah okay but the, the flip side is google will push you adverts no matter what so would you rather google just took a while guess and kept pushing Viagra like they used to back in the day or you know if you are looking for a sofa would you rather they actually showed you sofa deals that you might potentially be interested in well I can only answer for myself um obviously yeah. because other people will have their own perspectives on this but for me I would rather Google stay the hell out of what I'm doing um, <laughs> and that's yeah. that's that's my, the privacy side of it for me if I'm looking for a sofa I'll go and look for one I know what I want and I don't need adverts being pushed towards me the main problem i've got with google and this is freaking i'm i'm so i lay out my position with google so i just i mentioned an example right at the start of this conversation about how google are already abusing their power by yeah. we talked about the vpn solution with tulsi gabbard that's just one example we talked in a previous conversation about google changing search results based on where you are and based on a profile they've built around you so what they're actually doing there is, in my view, they're not providing the they're, they're providing results that are targeted to you, and that can be abused, as it has been in the past by big tech, which we talked about in our first conversation. So that's yeah. where I start getting a bit a bit um, annoyed about this stuff in the set in the fact that it's not that they if they want to sell ads to try and improve the service, then that is and that's their business model. That's fine if that's what they want to do. At the same time. They have to they have to accept the fact that some people don't want that, and some people don't want to push that data or, or to make that that data identifiable to Google for them to sell ads to other companies or via other companies. So that's my take. And Facebook are another one because Facebook are another big um, data gathering um, data vacuum of a company. 
Um, and they do similar things. You know, they've abused their platform in the past. Um, I mean, you can talk about them batting people and all that kind of stuff. But the point I'm getting to with this is I don't want to be trapped everywhere I go on the internet. Um, I don't like the fact that two, it's two, it's mainly two big companies that do all this stuff. Um, and I would rather not give them my data for this stuff. Um, I would rather, if they're going to serve up an ad to me, I would rather them just serve me up a random ad. Um, okay. And that, that's my that's my take on, on this. So I don't really have co problems with companies tricking data if you're using them. If you're just visiting the I, site, then, you know, that's a different thing for me. I 100% support that. My big issue at the moment is what what you've just said there is is a standpoint that I, I fully agree people have that right and should do that because making your data, hiding your data from advertising services and from um, any advanced tracking services is fully acceptable. But now with the new um, ICO laws and the new cookie policies, when you go onto any website now, they should be either doing it now or working towards it putting a cookie banner up that allows you to choose which cookies you allow on your machine. Yeah. And right now, everybody is being brainwashed by mainstream media, by the press, by by lots of services, which is what annoys me. It's saying all oh, cookies are bad. And I know that's not what you're saying, but that is the general narrative that is put out there now. All cookies are bad. Anyone trying to collect your data, evil, bad, stop it put all these um, services, put all these applications on your machine to stop them gaining access. My argument is the cookie banners I've worked with all have third-party cookies, which are the advertising cookies. They're the cookies that allow other websites to see your data, absolutely block them. But your actual tracking cookies, the cookies that are imperative for that site to function and to ensure that you are receiving the service you are coming to that site for, if you allow them, the only thing that's going to happen is that website's going to improve. So next time you come there or visit there, it should be a better experience. But most okay. people just deny, hit the deny all because that's what they've been brainwashing. They're thinking you have to do, deny all cookies. And then, as I say, that's, that's what scares me at this moment in time. The main mainstream narrative, the the generally accepted version of it is all cookies are evil, all cookies are bad. And I'm saying they're not. I'm saying some cookies are actually really good and they benefit everyone or everyone that uses that site. Yep. Blocking third-party cookies, third-party tracking, all for that. Feel free. But the flip side I would have is if you are a regular user of Google, which most people are, and Facebook, then if you're, if everyone is encouraged to block cookies, block tracking, stop advertising, are you happy to pay for them services? Because if they can't get their money from the advertising anymore, because that's been killed off, then they're going to have no option then to charge for that service. So, so as a society, we need to pick a lane. We're either, we're either happy for a, a free and open internet, but you're going to get tracked and you're going to get advertised to, or yes, 
absolutely let's go super secure don't share any information with anyone but you have to pay for everything yeah okay so i i agree i don't disagree with that with that take on on things at all um so we're not going to disagree too much on this <laughs> um tracking cookies i think are bad google um so i'll just yeah google and facebook are the worst culprits for hoovering up all this information and then using it for ad services um whereas if i was going to so just tonight i was on the microsoft website because i was look, watching the the events that are going on on there and sure. when it popped up and said what do you want to do with cookies i actually clicked clicked accept because i know that i needed to accept the cookies to use the site yeah. and so if it's a site that i know is reputable and i know that i am probably going to use it again um and it's a site that i have used in the past then I will allow cookies like that to come through. If I'm going to like the Daily Mail, for example, or the Guardian, or one of these other news organizations that just try and hoover up all this information and put massive banners where you can't use the site unless you click accept or you know click the little cross or whatever. I, I actually, I mean, I'll use the Daily Mail as an example. I don't go on there very often, but I was on there the other day and I had to go through a list of like 50 tracking cookies and say, reject, 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 reject. They just made it so difficult yeah. to, you know, not pull on tracking cookies. So I think sites like that need to be. Um, those are the sites that I get really frustrated at because if it's on a site like that, if it's accept all or deny all on a site like that that I don't really trust, don't use very often, I will hit the deny all. And that site in particular didn't have a deny all button, so I had to go through individual services to the point where I said, you know what, screw this, and I just closed the site and went off on. To, to go to another site so um yeah i think that's kind of where people get a little bit frustrated about these things as well because if it's something you're going to the, for the first time or something you don't know if you're going to use again and they make it really complicated to not pull down those tracking ads uh, sorry to not reject those tracking cookies um that's kind of that's where i get really frustrated with this stuff but i agree functional yeah. cookies i don't have any issue with if you're on a site and you want the functional cookie i think I think the default position for a um, an ethical website should be functional cookies enabled, everything else disabled. That's what I think the ethical position should be from a data yeah. collection point of view. And going back so, to the Google and Facebook thing, just very quickly, yeah. at the moment, I would rather Google and Facebook stop tracking, stop, I would rather them, they, personally, I want them to collapse and go away if I'm being completely <laughs> honest, just because I'm so pissed off with them and the stuff they've been doing. I mean, you just have to look at the Cambridge Analytica stuff, um, you know, to see some of the ways how they abuse data and how they, you know, the leaked data and all that kind of stuff. I mean, th there's a bunch of information about that if you want to go and search for it. It's not that I've got a problem with cookies or tracking people when they're using sites. It's when I see this ab huge abuses by big tech that really pisses me off. And for Google, I don't even use Google anymore. The only Google product I actually use is YouTube and possibly Gmail, although I'm moving away from Gmail. Um, I actually use DuckDuckGo as my search engine yeah. because I actually get a list of search results that are like not sorted based on kind of what Google thinks they want me to see. It's actually a, like a true representation of, of what their index has pulled up, whereas Google use that information use information to manipulate those results. So I don't use I don't use Google products, as I say, apart from Gmail and YouTube. The other thing with Facebook is I think Facebook should be pay per use. I think they should start charging people for like a premium version. 
and at least give people the option to say, right, I'm, I'm willing to pay you £5 a month if you stop dicking around with this content moderation stuff and you stop tracking data that I, that I don't want you to track to sell ads to third parties. If they offered a pay, a, a pay, a pay version that guaranteed those type of things, I'd probably pay yeah. for it, if I'm honest. Yeah. I, I probably would. Um, but they don't offer that because they want to slurp up as much data as they possibly can because they want to sell it to... They make more money by being a unethical data harvester sales company than they do they would by being an ethical subscription-based company. That's yeah. That's where my problem is. When you drill down to both of those companies that you just mentioned, YouTube and Facebook, they are both advertising agencies that happen to have either a social media platform or a search engine attached. Yeah. That's where they make their money. Their core business is based around selling adverts, is using the data they've harvested to sell adverts and to sell them more effectively than any other advertising platform. And that's why they will never offer a premium service as you've just described, because gathering so much information is way more valuable to them than your fiber a month. Way yeah, I mean, you, YouTube does offer a premium service. Um, I'm just going to search yeah. YouTube premium, but I don't know if they stop the whole tracking thing. I, I'd be very surprised if they do. They probably stop the advertising, but they still want to track because that data is still valuable, even though they're not going to advertise to you. Because as I say, even... Even with YouTube and Google's data harvesting, it still doesn't have your your name attached. It's still relatively randomized. It's it's a bunch of information that allows them to make an educated decision on what sort of person you are and what they can show you to have the most impact, the, the best results. Because that, that's, as you say, the, the political stuff, it's they know that people in a certain area are more likely to vote one way than another. So therefore, when they're searching for anything political or anything even slightly relating to politics, they will show them left or right-leaning subjects and yeah, left you... or right-leaning content because they know that that's what you want to read, that's what you want to see because the area you are in is either left or right-leaning. Um, yeah, so showing you, a load yeah. of, uh, showing you a load of the opposite opinion to you would be a bad service because you're going to look and say, well, this is all crap and leave because you don't like anything you see. Whereas if you see a lot of results that you can relate to and that you find interesting because they're of a similar opinion to you or they're playing to a narrative that you have personally, that that's a better result for you because you are going to engage with more of them results than sort of the opposite persuasion. Um, so I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it, that can be seen as a negative, but from their point of view, they're not treating politics any any more closely than they are treating the sale of that sofa that we spoke about earlier on. There's no point showing you sofa results from a different country or from a brand that you're going to have no interest in. If you're interested in a leather sofa, there's no point in them showing you one made out of hemp. It's not going to be your cup of tea. <laughs> so they they tailor their results <laughs> they tailor their results to what they believe you you truly want you truly are going to relate to because there's no benefit in them showing you anything else because if you receive a completely shite service 
if you receive a load of results that you don't relate to at all, that you don't find useful at all, then you're not going to use their search products again. As you say, you're going to go to DuckDuckGo, you're going to go to Bing, you're going to go to any of the other services out there. But if they show you results that every time you can relate to and you do engage with, then you're going to keep coming back. And from them, that's what they want. The more time, every time you hit search, they're going to earn money. So they need to make sure that you come back and keep searching. So they're using your data to preload results that they think you as a person are more likely to be interested in. And yes, some of it's geographical, some of it's age related, some of it's just based on what you were searching last week that they believe, right, because he yeah. was looking at this, he's more likely to want to see that than something else. Um, so while I agree, ethics wise, it's quite negative. From a consumer point of view, you're still getting a better service in their mind. Um, and yes, some of it, when, especially when it comes to politics, I don't think there should be any lean. I think it should be open, honest, and no, no sugarcoating. Doesn't matter where yeah. you're from, what your background is, you should see it all. But the point is, and Google's policy, uh, I don't know about Facebook, so I don't know if they even have policies, but Google's policy is they search, they provide the best results for that individual no matter what the subject matter. Yeah, I, so I can... They're, they're, they're not treating politics any differently than they're treating a sofa or sports teams. You look for, if, So you're searching for football results. If you're a Man United fan, you want to see the Man United results first. You don't want to see League Two. Same with if you're a League Two fan, you're going to want to see League Two stuff. You're not really bothered about the Bundesliga. So therefore, they, they weight their results on that, on your interests. But yeah, I, I okay. agree... I agree. Some places it feels really unethical. Some places you're like, oh, that's handy. But they, their, their lean, their point of view is we don't care. We don't treat one subject differently to another. We just provide results personalized and tailored to you, which, okay. right or wrong way, is, is what they provide. So there's a couple of things there. First of all, I think they do provide biases um in how they present results um you know before the election in the us there was a hunter biden story that was suppressed during search algorithms it was actually blocked from certain um sites which we've talked about a little bit in the past yeah. i think part of the problem with the fact that they don't show you both sides of a political aisle is why you end up with these echo chambers that people go down um you know the, the there was there was some there was some report I can't I can't remember I've heard this a few times so don't quote me on this I don't know how accurate it is but I'll say it anyway and then people can fact check me afterwards but there was there was something that was said I think it might have been on someone like CNN where basically they accused YouTube on creating rabbit holes to radical right so you used to radical right politics so you you watched a random video on YouTube and then it might like lead you to another one and another one and another one. And there was some kind of report that was published that said that people ended up, always ended up on the radical right, basically. And right. other people say you always end up on the radical left. Now, yeah. the point is that's your political leanings on which videos you click on. So if you, if I, say, I think if a video is classed as political, I think there is some kind of eth ethical behavior around not just presenting one side of the argument. And I think it's naive to think that big companies, big tech companies who really do lean left, you know, as a culture, a lot of them do anyway. I don't know many that don't, aren't going to push 
that narrative on their platform because I know they do. Um, there's a lot of evidence that about them companies doing that type of thing. So yeah, so there's that side of things. Um, what else was I going to say? As for the sofa argument, yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I'm, uh, if 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 they want to advertise a sofa, that's one thing. But I think politics is quite dangerous because that influences policy, which can affect people's lives down the road. And whether I get a sofa or a car, how does that really affect my day to day? I can either click on it or ignore it. That's one side of it. So that's a little less insidious than the political stuff. Um, so yeah, okay. I mean, I I, I kind of I take that point, but. Um, yeah, I it think I, I completely agree. It's way more insidious, but it goes back to our very first discussion, which is: is do you want YouTube to actually start censoring what they they show you? And I know you're saying you no, know, they, do, <laughs> they do, but I don't. I don't want them at, to. You're asking them to apply positive bias instead of negative bias, or any I'm bias. At, right now, they're yeah. saying they don't apply any bias. They just show you what they believe you want to see. That yeah okay whereas okay. What, where, whereas what you're saying is well actually you should pick certain subjects like politics and you should remove that policy and you should just show me everything. Well, that's that's a positive bias still. That's a, that's changing your policy for certain aspects. Which then where do you stop with that? You know, if you're you're asking company policies to change depending on on the subject matter, which. You know, and as, as we spoke about last week, the cancel culture, the whole woke society, you start applying it to everything because you have to, because you could upset someone. So we better apply oh, that yeah. same policy. Um, whereas the the response is we treat every subject matter the same, which, as you say, there's evidence to say they don't, but their official line is, is they do. And that's why no, if no, you no. are... I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they do. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they say they do. Um, all I'm saying is that when it comes to, see, I would rather not have. Uh, it's very. It's a very difficult conversation. This and it's a grey area, especially when you start talking about AI and search yeah. algorithms, because they are closed algorithms as well. So uh, really, I think that, and it is. This is where we get into a really tricky conversation where I don't think there is a real right answer. In my, uh, we'll, yeah. we might disagree on this completely, but. Some of the AI algorithms that they're using to serve up this content, there, there's a there's a balancing act between providing a good service for customers and trying to keep people on the platform, and making sure you don't influence elections. And I feel that they have just thrown out the don't influence elections and just do the customer service kind of thing. So if you were if you were subscribed to CNN or you you followed CNN on on, on YouTube, and I'm just targeting YouTube here for this particular example. Sure. You would you would see your suggestions would all be CNN related articles, um, MSNBC, um, uh, all the all the lefty leaning type of um, news organisations in in the United States. Same over here in the U, in the UK. If you if you were following the Guardian on YouTube, they'd probably recommend the BBC, although they are in quotes impartial. But I don't think they are. Um, you know, they they kind of they never. I think in. I just think they need to balance the algorithms to show you show you some Fox News stuff as well as CNN stuff. You know, so so you can at least have a visit. You don't you don't even have to click on it. You could say I hate Fox News, and you could say don't show me that again as a video. You know, you could. It, it, I'm, I'm, what I think they should be doing is putting the choice into 
trying to balance the algorithms to show different content to, to show all types of content and then let the user choose whether they want to see that channel again or not see that channel again and yeah. at least at least serving some alternative options up so people do get a different perspective and i understand that's incredibly difficult from a tech challenge perspective and they probably don't want to do that because again you know the more bad suggestions you choose up there is a you you yeah you it's, serve it's up to people they might click off the website experience. yeah yeah what, what you're saying there is is change your algorithms so that they are worse so that they provide a negative experience for your customers. I agree with you, especially yeah, yeah. with politics. I completely agree with that, that, that you should. But then when you, you, you take a step back and look at it from a, a, a company standpoint, well, that's a massive, massive negative thing for them to do. That's going to seriously harm their, their levels of service, that they're going to actually display you content that they know will aggravate you and yeah, will, yeah. you will dislike um which is a would be a very strange move for any business um, well i know let, let's just put it this way i know they're not going to do it <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that if they were being ethical that's the type of stuff they would do because i don't feel like they are being very ethical i mean again we're, we're focused on politics and there's a lots of other yeah. things that that we could talk about i mean even if you just looked at even if they just started with right what are the main news networks in the country so how many major news networks do we have in this country what ten tops, including newspapers? I was you know, ten. To a higher level, I was like probably two, because there's only a couple that own most of them. But yeah, let's say ten. Well, yeah, look, okay. So we've got we've got Sky News, we've got BBC, we've got um, Guardian, Daily Mail, Telegraph, Times. You know, and maybe four, four smaller ones that I just can't think of. Spectator and a couple of others. We're yeah. not talking about hundreds of thousands of channels. We're talking about in the UK. Here's the big ten. And I'm going to show you relevant information from if you search for something that's related that's on BBC, I'm going to show you something that is on the Telegraph as well. Yeah, you, you could start there as a basic as a baseline as a company. And I'm not talking about if you go and search for comic book interviews, that they then have to balance yeah. all those as well. You know that and I don't mean I mean, obviously, that's extreme. And, and a lot of people on the site, I think the political side of YouTube is it's a very small amount of content that's actually on the site. So we're yeah. not talking about the entire platform. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that they could do more to be more ethical without affecting their their profit line too much. Um, although I'm not sure if Google actually make much money from YouTube. Um, there are there is conversations about whether they're actually profitable or not. I'm not sure if they are. Um, so yeah, so the the other thing I just wanted to mention, and we've been around the house. I think we loosely agree with a couple of minor a couple of minor um differences in yeah kind of how we approach it so i think functional cookies i agree um i don't see an issue with that at all um i think non-functional tracking cookies by google and, and facebook i i don't really like and i will so if i was going to your website and you said oh can you click allow for this functional cookie i'd click allow yeah but but if i'm browsing to some other site and it, it's just you know if i'm doing a search on google i don't want that information being tracked by google and big and, and big tech in general yeah. um so i'm yeah. going to show um, sorry go on um, so obviously the, the issue is for me um it's as someone who tries to use this on smaller websites and and use the the tracking analytics to benefit the site is the the main narrative the main thing people believe of the scaremongering that goes on means people hit that denial because they don't 
they don't want to understand. So I've built cookie policies that clearly explain, please reject these. I have them on the site because I'm obliged to, but please reject them. And underneath, say this one though, please allow this because this allows me to benefit the site. And people yeah. still smash that denial because they don't <laughs> take the time to read the policy, read that policy. They just say, "Oh, cookies, they're bad." Denial. Um, and the new the new legislation, going back to what you were saying earlier, the new legislation is you have to have, people have to opt into a cookie. So everything has to be de by default off. There should be no yeah. cookies on when you get into a site. You have to opt in. Um, and as I say, that is being rolled out. Um, most ethical sites, most good websites already have that. There are a few who are leaving it as long as possible to apply that because obviously it serves their purpose not to apply that. But I, I just wish there was as much time and effort put into telling people what cookies actually are rather than just the all cookies are bad narrative that's out there now, which means people like myself have a real hard time helping the wider community yeah. because everything is just hidden. I, I think that the, for me, a really big, a really good end user change in general, and you you might, from obviously you know more about this stuff than I do, but when you hit a web page, whatever pops up, whether it's a banner, whether it's a box in the middle of a page, or does are annoying as hell. Um, yeah. If you just have three buttons on every one, if it was like a standard, if the EU or, or, or big or government regulation, I'm not a fan of regulations, but since they exist, if it had provided guidance to say, you, you've got to have three buttons, reject all, allow all, allow functional, and you can put the buttons any size you want, in any order you want, but you need to have those three buttons. Even if someone just did that, that would be a massive improvement. Because yeah. I could instantly just go allow functional, and then you could just educate people on what the functional stuff is. Um, but there's so much confusion because every site you go to, they're all structured differently. Some of them are really easy to use. Some of them are really difficult to use. Some of them spend ages to, you know, to like I said, that Daily Mail one, we have to go in and turn them all off. There's There's all kinds of different approaches to this same problem. And I think that's where people just go, you know what? screw this i'm not a technical expert reject all so i think a really good ui design could help solve some of these issues that people have around the functional cookies 100 um, most, so, yeah. most decent honest websites you go to have a very similar thing to what you just described yeah You're exactly right. yeah people at daily mail are the people who actually they're the ones that scaremonger about the cookies and about big data and the the dangers of it but they're also the ones that are trying to force you and almost hoodwink you into accepting cookies on their site so they can make the money and they can use the data in those negative ways um which yeah exactly therefore yeah. Has, has the ripple effect and it, it damages the rest of the website uh something just one last thing before we finish this because we're getting dangerously close to run out of time yeah um Going back to the television tracking that you mentioned, that your your friend who worked at Sky mentioned, that is in place and has been in place for quite a while now. Right. Uh, okay. Most digital media providers. Um, so as I mentioned, Sky, Virgin, BT over here in the UK. Um, any did base any box that you watch TV through is also hooked up to your router. Is collecting data, browser data, um, and they they work with your. Um, Oh, 
I've lost now. Uh, went ISP. with your company. I, yeah, ISP. Yeah. They went with your ISP um, to to gather what is being browsed for in your house. So, for example, uh, in in my house, we see nothing but adverts for holidays online uh, when I'm watching TV, and that's because my wife spends her entire life search for holidays on a phone. It's not a coincidence. So you you can find. I mean, let's say you don't watch Sky, but say you watched a program on your Skybox. Your neighbour could be watching the same program on their Skybox, and the adverts you see during the break will be different. Not yeah. all companies pay a lot of money to appear in certain ad blocks, but there will be certain adverts that are different based on what you are browsing in your household. So that is happening. That that is another way that. Big companies yeah. absolutely abuse data, and that's not what I'm backing. I'm backing allowing cookies so that websites can continually improve and help you. But also, unless you're really easily affected by advertising, then let the cookies go because all that's going to happen is it keeps the rest of the internet free unless you want to pay. And I'm too tight-fisted to pay, mate. I agree with your policy on the. I'd pay for Facebook, but I wouldn't pay for pay for Facebook. I'm too tight. I'd rather see the ads. I'd rather I'd rather see them go down. But <laughs> so <laughs> what what you're saying is let the cookies win. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if <laughs> if you're if you are you've got it's it's a decision for me. If you if you're happy to pay more for the privilege of using the internet, um, and don't mind that, then absolutely block all cookies. But the reality is the the data that these companies get, especially here in the UK, is pretty useless anyway. Fr from an advertising point of view, it's really general. And yeah. they will give you stuff that you can, that's a general gist of what you might want. It's not, they're not finding out your name, address, bank details. That sort of stuff's not been gathered, not by cookies anyway. Um, and I think the way the media drums it up it makes it seem like that is exactly what they're doing. They're finding out everything about you. They know the color of your underwear. Yeah, yeah, website. yeah. And that's just not the case. It's a really general overview of the type of person you are based on some of the browsing you've done. They're not gathering actual personal information that's going to ever be of a danger to you. It's just going to change the adverts you see. Yeah. Okay. So I'm. I'll close out. So uh, my my closing thoughts on this, and you can you can respond to this afterwards. So I I'm a little bit more paranoid on on the privacy side of things, um, and that's just my personal preference. And it is an inconvenience for me to be that way. What I do, um, I follow. There is a guy on YouTube called Rob Braxman, Rob Braxman Tech, and okay. I'll put a link. I'll put a link to. Um, a really interesting YouTube video about um, how to how to um, how to isolate Google and Facebook ad tracking cookies. Um, so what I do now is I have one browser that I use exclusively for Google, YouTube, and Facebook, and any other browsing I do is in a completely separate browser. And so from a browsing cookie point of view, all of the cookie information that Google and Facebook have on me, according to what they can see me doing, all they can ever see me doing is going to YouTube, Facebook, or Google. Because everything else is in a completely separate browser that I do. And it's really a pain in the ass because 
when somebody sends me a YouTube link, I have to copy and paste it into this other browser and then yeah. go to it there. But that's just like my paranoia type thing where I just don't want them to have more information about me than they already do. I'm almost, I'm at the point where I'm going to get rid of my Google phone. I'm looking to buy a Linux phone as well with like kill switches so they can't record audio and stuff. This is like kind of how, this is how bad I am with all this stuff. But I'm a, I, 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 I admit I'm a fringe example. And if I'm as paranoid as that and I still click accept functional cookies, <laughs> then you, you, know where, you know where I stand on this stuff, basically. Um, so yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to the video in the, in the notes um, below this, um, in the show notes. Um, and you can watch that video if you want to. If you look at the Rob, uh, Rob Braxman Tech channel, that guy is way more paranoid than I am. So if you, if you really are quite paranoid about privacy and you are on that side of a spectrum, watch some of his other videos and you'll see how crazy some of this stuff is. Not around functional cookies, but around some of the other tracking stuff that they do. Um, so that's how I operate now. I've got two browsers, one for Google products and Facebook and another one for everything else I browse on the internet. Fair enough. And that is, that is a great way to, to get around it. Um, I've just, I've, I've just, I can't help thinking that that could be our first piece of show merchandise, uh, the Accept Functional Cookies t-shirt. Uh, it could be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a great place to end because we're, uh, I'd say we're, we're we're pushing our time to the max here, but we are. Yeah, it's been interesting. So thank you very much, Paul. Okay, so um, just to close off, for everyone listening, thank you for listening for, um, to this podcast. We've been a, we've been around back and forth on this one a little bit, um, like we always are. I think um, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit like, subscribe to the channel, um, leave a comment below if you want to, and yeah, we'll um, we'll see you next time on Speaking Freely. Yep. Yeah, bye, guys.